I'm excited. I think the Florida Gators tight end position is going to be significantly more productive in 2023. And I'll tell you why here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33. And we're talking about the tight end position because if you don't know, if you're new here, tight end is a top two favorite position for me on offense. With running back, uh, fullback is is clearly number one, but given how rare that is, I tend to just not include that, but fullback's elite, just know that. But tight end is one of those positions that I do love. You get to be the wide receiver slash offensive lineman. You do so much. You do the dirty work. You don't get as much praise as you deserve. But we're going to start by looking at the just the personnel in this Florida Gators tight end room because it's also it's very similar from last year, but it's also a bit different. You've lost Griffin McDowell, who very rarely played last year. You lost Nick Elksness, who very rarely played last year. Uh, Griffin McDowell is over in Chattanooga now, and Nick Elksness is with the South Carolina Gamecocks. And also a big difference, for the 2023 season, likely not going to have Keon Zipper, who was a starter last year and led tight ends in catches and yards and, I believe, touchdowns as well. In 2022, not going to have him available either because of an injury where he said he's going to miss the year. We'll see if he really does. Um, just because, you know, th- those things happen every now and then. But yeah, Keon Zipper led the tight ends with 13 catches, which wasn't much, but Dante Sanders had 10. Uh, Keon Zipper had 177 yards, leading tight ends. Dante Sanders had 75. Keon Zipper scored a touchdown. Uh, Jonathan Odom scored two. So Keon Zipper was right behind him. But yeah, Keon Zipper is out for likely the entire season. He got hurt in spring, got surgery on his knee. And yeah, he's almost definitely done so for this year. Jonathan Odom, who led tight ends and touchdowns last year, he is also out right now. He got injured in the bowl game. He is still recovering from that. So for now... He's not here and probably won't be for a bit. I wouldn't expect him back for the spring game another year. And unfortunately, another year of dealing with injury. But again, this is an injury from 2022 that he is still dealing with. So then you look at who's available in the tight end room right now. Dante Sanders is coming back once again, and he's down 21 pounds. So will that help him improve? He was relatively... A non-factor for the Florida Gators in the passing game in 2022. He, of course, had, like I just mentioned, he was second on the team in catches for a tight end with 10, He, which is horrible. By the way, he played 13 games, so 13 games, 10 catches, not the best. Kansas versus 13 catches came in eight games. Uh, Dante Sanders had just 75 yards, 7.5 yards per catch, no touchdowns. 
rough production wise, but also it's important to understand that in 2022, that was Dante Xander's first year full-time as a tight end after playing on the defensive line for a bit. So hopefully now down another 21 pounds, down 40 pounds total from his switch to the end. Hopefully now he's a bit more agile, a bit more loose as a runner, less stiff. And hopefully with another year of experience playing the position, he's going to be even more improved. Then you look at the younger guys here. You've got Arliss Boardingham, who I know that we've spoken about this plenty of times, wide receiver, tight end hybrid, but not in the way where people want to compare him to Kyle Pitts. He's a different kind of wide receiver, tight end hybrid. He is, like I've said, not as good as, obviously, but more akin to the Travis Kelsey style, the, the big slot, the power slot, the move tight end there. That's more Arliss Boardingham, which is... Big, like I, I don't care. I know Florida Gators fans are obviously going to go, well, give me Kyle Pitts over anybody else. I'm cool with the Travis Kelsey style. Again, obviously not as good because that is impossible for Arliss Boardingham right now to be as good as one of the best tight ends of all time. One of the best receiving tight ends of all time. Big slot receiver. That's really what he is. Um, but Arliss Boardingham right there, who this year should be a major contributor in the passing game for this offense that is going to, again, 12 personnel heavy, two tight end sets, three tight end sets even at times. So you're going to see that frequently. That's a big plus here. Another name that Billy Napier mentioned last week as someone who's been popping this spring, Hayden Hansen, friend of the show. Uh, he's, he's been here last year. He was here every week during the season. He was here before the season. And he was here at the end of the season this year. Hopefully the same thing. I'd, I'd, I'd be excited if, uh, if if we ran that back. But Hayden, more of the blocking type, more of, you know, Dante Sanders is tight end one there. Hayden Hansen is probably tight end two as far as the blocking tight end goes, whereas Argos will be the move tight end replacing Keon Zipper. But Hayden, like I've said, I, I think he has the potential to play both spots. I think he's capable of doing that. He's a quarterback turn tight end, which we see more frequently than people realize. And so Hayden Hansen playing that role, again, at the very least, should be a red zone threat. Whether or not you play him a ton, he should definitely be a red zone threat. Like, like he deserves to be that. Going to be, inter going to be interesting to see how much he plays because he didn't last year. And I know myself and many other Gators fans were like, you know, he should probably play a little bit given just how unproductive the tight end room has been, but Hayden Hansen 2023 produce baby. It's happening. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. Another big name that's been talked about recently in the spring, Tony Livingston, who was a commit for the 2022 class along with Arliss Boardingham and along with Hayden Hansen, but Tony Livingston was an offensive lineman slash tight end. So he has to learn how to play tight end and, He's probably going to, I, I feel like he's probably not going to contribute a ton this year. You know, he was part of the 2022 class, but he came to the Florida Gators, came to Gainesville in January of this year. So he just got to campus. Wouldn't expect to see him much. Would be awesome to see him. And maybe long-term, we're talking about a great blocking tight end that's also athletic enough to be a pass-catching tight end where, you know, he, he played basketball. That was one of the reasons that he left playing offensive line was to trim down to play basketball. So maybe Tony Livingston does that. 
I've been hearing great things about Scott Isaacs the third, a walk-on tight end that, that's been making plays, especially with Keon Zipper and Jonathan Odom out and, and just dealing with all these injuries and people learning the position. Scott Isaacs, I believe, is in his second year in Gainesville learning how to play the position. And the last name to talk about is someone that I do love, elite name. He was a tight end DN in high school, was an edge rusher for the Florida Gators in his freshman year, and now is a redshirt freshman is going to be playing tight end, Andrew Savayanai, who if you've watched any of the videos or if you've seen the pictures, this dude is built. Like, he is a brick house over here. It's insane. So Andrew Savayanai, we'll see what he becomes. Uh, I, I would just love to see him honestly get work in, and I love seeing the youth movement that's happening in this tight end room where you look at Keon Zipper, Jonathan Odom, Dante Sanders as the three older guys. I don't even want to say more experienced because Jonathan Odom's dealt with injuries. Dante Sanders has his second year playing tight end here. So not even the more experienced, just the older guys. And you have those guys who you think of as the older guys. And then it's a massive dip. Like there's like nobody that you really think of as like, middle-classmen like that'd be Jonathan Odom if any but even then he's been here for a few years he knows how to play then you got just dropped to Arliss Boardingham, Hayden Hanson, Scott Isaacs, Tony Livingston, Andrew Savayanai ton of young tight ends where it's one of those things where someone is going to step up and make some waves and we're going to talk about the involvement as pass catchers because again we need more production from the tight end room in 2023 from the Florida Gators but First, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, and we're into April. This is not an April Fool's joke. We are into April. Baseball season has started. March Madness is wrapping up. like it, It's insane, and it's also very close to summertime. So if you're trying to get in shape, trying to get fit, trying to get built for it, guess what? Put Built Bar in your clan. Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, and only 17 grams of protein. Also, Built Bar, which should be added to your plan, is finally in stores. Go to builtorbuiltbar.com and go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get yourself that Built Bar. Thanks again for making Lock That Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. And we're talking about involving the tight ends in the passing game because they need to be involved in it. First off, Let's just hit this one on the head. We've spoken about that. We talked about this, I believe it was last week when we were talking about fixing the passing attack, tight end involvement. Graham Mertz loves throwing to the tight end. That's that's just something that he did at Wisconsin. He even pretty openly says, I love throwing to Jake Ferguson at Wisconsin. It's great. I, I love passing to the tight end, which is awesome to see from a team where last season we didn't see tight end involvement in the pass game. And that could be a number of things. That could be Billy Napier was like, hey, like we're not, they're not early in the progression. We don't need that. It could be Anthony Richardson just isn't the type to throw at tight ends, which again, that happens. That, that's just a preference that happens where uh, Russell Wilson doesn't throw to his tight ends frequently. That's just what happened. Tom Brady threw the tight ends excessively. So that's just what happened. But last year uh, with Wisconsin, Jack Eschenbach led tight ends in catches with 14. Then Clay Cundiff had nine catches. And then Hayden Rucci had six catches. And then Jalen Franklin had two catches. And then JT Seagraves had a catch. And a lot of tight ends involvement in the passing game for a team that did not throw the ball much to begin with. So for that, 
Graham Mertz going to throw to tight end. So we can almost guarantee tight ends in 2023 will be more productive than they were in 2022, simply because Graham Mertz is going to look at them more often. Okay? And again, I'm not saying Anthony Richardson doesn't like throwing the tight ends. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. But we know Graham Mertz loves to throw to tight ends. He, he You could say he has like a bias towards throwing to tight ends. Totally fine. Not a problem with it. Usually pretty easy completions. So great. Cool with it. Pat The play-action passing game is going to be here. Heavy run game is going to be great. It's probably going to create a lot of opportunities for tight ends to just slip out into the flat or slip out into the middle of the field and get an easy completion because, again, if I'm a tight end and I'm lined up and I start blocking someone for a team that's going to run the ball probably 54 to 58% of the time, and I'm blocking someone, you're going to be like, oh, okay, it's a run. It's a run because this team loves to run the ball. So if I'm blocking and then I just dip out and I just start running around, I'm probably going to be open. That, that's probably how it's going to work, especially if the defense is in man coverage because my man is probably thinking, oh, he's run blocking, attack the ball. And so then I could probably be a bit open. The zone's a little, di- a little bit different, but still remains the same of if it's man, it's better running that play action heavy offense going to help. But also there's two things Billy Napier loved doing. Well, one thing Billy Napier loved doing in 2022, one thing he did at Louisiana and did in the spring game last year, but didn't do much of during the season. First thing is crossers. He likes running tight end crossers. So that's if I'm a tight end, I'm in my set and I don't care if it's play action or not. That's irrelevant to this, but I'm running then across the formation. If I'm on the right side, I'm running, you know, seven yards, and then I'm going across across the field. One thing, that is what I distinctly remember Anthony Richardson connecting with Keon Zipper on that at least a couple of times. Again, Keon Zipper just had 13 catches, but that was something Anthony Richardson liked doing, so it was a little bit further downfield to the tight end in space. So crossers is going to be something that you're going to see. Basically the same tight end group as last year, but should be or probably going to be a bit more athletic. We'll say you lost Keon Zipper, but you didn't have Arliss Boardingham for most of last year. So you lost Keon Zipper, but you have Arliss Boardingham. You have Dante Sanders, 21 pounds lighter. You're probably going to see more of a tight end rotation this year, meaning fresher legs at the position. And also you're going to have huge bodies. Instead of Nick Elksness, you're going to have, we'll say Hayden Hansen is going to be out there and Hayden's six foot six. Like he's a big dude. So you're going to have that there. So you'll probably see more crossers and something that we saw last year in the spring game, touchdown, Anthony Richardson to Noah Keeter, which was PA boot slide, which I've talked about so many times. I love boot slide. It is my favorite passing concept. when you're trying to get the ball to a tight end specifically, because if I'm Graham Mertz, I run my play fake and I roll out to the right, the tight end that's on the left side of the field. He's on the left side. We'll say, I'm just going to grab my phone. This is the offensive line. This is a line of scrimmage. Tight ends over here. He runs behind. Defense is over here. He runs behind the offensive line underneath the line of scrimmage, and he's running into the flat. And with the quarterback rolling to that same side, he just chucks it down real quick to him. And that's almost always a pretty easy completion. So that's something that I love, boot slide. It's, it's something that I've talked about so many times where LSU did it with Jaden Daniels. Since then, I did it with Desmond Ritter. 
I wanted Florida to do it a lot with Anthony Richardson. A lot of teams do that, especially when you have a mobile quarterback, which again, Florida will not really have that with Graham Mertz or Jack Miller, the third, whoever it's going to be Max Brown. I don't care. Not going to be thought of as a run first quarterback, but having someone that can roll out and you've got QB and tight end pretty much running parallel to each other. If the defense comes up for the QB, then guess what? QB just checks it to the tight end. If he stays on the tight end or behind the tight end, guess what? QB can run with tight end, then just turn and block. So boot slide's a fantastic concept. It's a beautiful thing to see. And it's something that I think we'll see more this year, just because I think we're going to have to. Again, you're going to have to rely more on the passing game this year. Why not give them easy completions to a more athletic tight end group than you had last year, right? Seems easy to me. But now talking about the run game, because that is an important part, and with a, with an offense that's going to have tight ends on the field for basically every play, and with an offense that's going to have multiple tight ends on the field quite a bit, you need to be able to have this run game that works. And if you know me, which I'm assuming you do, you know that the run game has this one specific type of play that I like where it's called split zone read. Okay. And split zone read is a beautiful thing. In fact, I think I have it in my notebook right here. Let me just, let me just grab this for you real quick and let me try to see if I have it uh, written down already or drawn out already, but split zone read. Here it is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You ready? This is split zone read. I'm going to hold it up front. There we go. That's split zone read where you've got this. Sorry, it's hard to track this. So you got this tight end comes behind the formation like boot slide, which does help to go boot slide then because it's like, oh, wait, is this a play action? Is this split zone read? And you can check it down there. But you got the QB runs basically read option, which is if that D end runs in for the running back, I run with the ball. Okay. If that DN stands up and waits for me to run with the ball, I hand it to the running back. And then you have the tight end that can come and clean him up real quick. Running back takes it out. Or if the quarterback keeps it himself, the tight end still gets to clean him up. Or the tight end, which we saw on Anthony Richardson's 60-yard rushing touchdown against Texas A&M, tight end just outruns the DN, gets upfield, and blocks someone downfield because Anthony Richardson is outrunning that defense event. Jonathan Odom, I spoke to him for... Uh, one of the Gator Collective Twitter spaces. And I asked him about that play and he was like, I just knew that that end was not going to catch Anthony Richardson. So I just went downfield and got someone more athletic that could catch Anthony Richardson. Great play like that. Split zone read. Easily my favorite concept in all of football, whether we're talking offense or defense, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I really, really wish that we saw it more consistently. That split zone blocking is just fantastic to see. And so you got that, that was split zone read that I drew. I had that. That's the front page of my notebook here. Um, and it will be until the end of time, but that's split zone read, which we're going to see. Another thing I think we'll see even more of this year is arc blocking, which arc is, let's say I'm the tight end. I'm now not blocking the defensive end or the edge rusher that's on that side. The tackle is taking that guy. I am looping around him and I'm going to the second level because if you trust your tackle to hit that edge rusher and block him out of the way, then guess what? 
we've already got lead blocking for our running backs deep downfield. And that's something that is often overlooked from a lot of just football fans in general, not specifically Florida or any specific fan base, but just overlooked by a lot of football fans is the downfield blocking because you think, well, we just get our guy, you know, six yards and he just runs straight until he's caught or he tries to juke people out or whatever. But having that downfield blocking really helps create explosive runs downfield. So when you got that arc block, you've got the tight end who's basically on the line of scrimmage. Maybe he's off the line of scrimmage, but right next to a tackle, the tackle is the one that picks up the defensive end or the edge rusher, whatever it is, whoever's on that side. And he reaches out and then the tight end loops around. If I mean, it's again, I like to mention if you play Madden, some of these things, uh, I think it's just, I think it's called halfback stretch arc is, is one of the plays where you see that arc block from the tight end where he's looping around everybody and he's going downfield to block. It's a beautiful thing to see. Again, creating explosive runs opens up everything. Like you don't need to have a good running game to have a good play action passing game. But if you do have a good running game, then your play action passing game is just that much more lethal. And tight ends for this offense, I don't care if you're the type to go, oh, we need four receivers on the field at all times. Whatever you want to say does not matter to me because you're not getting that. You're going to get a lot of tight end involvement in this passing attack, a lot of tight end involvement in this rushing attack, and I truly think it's going to work. And I don't like when people are like, oh, well, you can't win football games like that. Georgia just won two championships with that. So I don't care about that. (laughs) Like that, I I don't care if you have an issue with that. That's just how it works. Accept it. And it's awesome. Appreciate it. Tight end, the most underappreciated position in football or the least appreciated position in football, whatever you want to say. Tight ends there. Okay. They do everything. So they're going to be awesome. They're going to be a huge part of this team in 2023. And I can't wait to see their success on the field. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free right here to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. Mark Madness is wrapping up. Andy Patton, Isaac Shade, you made me so much money this March Madness. Thank you so much. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.